0: Why do you love it so much? I think if you own your own business, you have to be
1: prepared to take risks.
0: Being a woman doesn't hold you back from achieving success. Yep, so if you're struggling, just stop and pause and and really reflect on why am I struggling here. But I've also worked really hard, and telling me it's luck, I think, just takes away some of that recognition of the hard work. One last question. Welcome to Tea with the Queen, a show where I talk with some of my favourite go-getters, inspiring and courageous women in leadership and business. I'm your host, Emma McQueen. I'm a business coach, executive coach, author and speaker. And for 20 years, I've been working with women to unlock their potential and get paid their worth while doing work they love. Can you live without your smartphone? I know I can't. Not that I'm on it all the time, but I really would be lost without it. It's not just for keeping in contact with everyone. My iPhone has been so important for my business. Digital technology has been crucial for my own business success. That includes this podcast. If it weren't for smartphones, podcasting wouldn't have taken off like it has. One person who knows far more about this than me is Nadia Hudson. She's a digital media expert, a leader of digital content and communications at a well-known Australian company. She's currently the Director of Platinum Care and Content at Optus. It's a position that comes with enormous responsibility and particular leadership qualities, which we discuss a little later. I hope you enjoy this interview with Nadia Hudson. So Nadia, there weren't any smartphones 15 years ago, and now in such a short space of time, social media has transformed the way companies interact with the market. How do you keep ahead of all the trends? That's a really great question.
1: Uh, So in the last few years, uh, social media has really taken off. Uh, A lot of companies and a lot of businesses are using them. And when I first started, that was when you know emojis were really cool and everyone was using it for social interactions and connections with family and friends. Uh, but these days, about 3.4 billion people in the globe are using social media. That's about 45% of our people on earth are using social media. So businesses and companies and people have had to transform along with that trend over the last few years. And so I've been really fortunate to have worked very early on in that industry and see the growth over time. But how I keep on top of all of the trends is doing a lot of research, using it as a consumer. So whether sometimes that's study tours, that's networking with other businesses, um, that's getting a lot of other companies that are doing certain things to come in and share a lot of learnings. Uh, we we look at all these different ways that we can keep on top of all of the different trends in the world and also what's really relevant to us here in Australia. So there's a lot of self-learning, um, there's a lot of discovery, there's lots of things I do as a consumer to stay on top of things. And then with the vendors that we use as well. We ask them for a lot of white papers and just research that's happening Uh, and LinkedIn's always a really good way as well to sort of keep on top. So there's a lot of self, um, there's a lot of research and education, um, but all round, given that we're living online these days, there's so much content and information available to us.
0: You know, I was talking to my husband while we were on holidays about how much information is now at our fingertips and also the fact that information has gone up. So we've got all of that information But I was curious about whether common sense has also gone up because with technology, you would think that people have that level of common sense, but I'm not sure that that's the case.
1: Yeah, so a lot of people think that common sense is just readily available to a lot of people. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of content and there's a lot of information online and it's a constant topic about, you know, what is reputable content? You know, what are we actually paying attention to? um, What's fact-based? What's based on someone that's trying to do clickbait? Like there's so much information available on the internet these days and on social media. So it really just depends on, you know, what sources you're using to actually inform the decisions that you're making in your business but also you know I'm using some common sense but understanding what's fact and what's just you know there to be a PR move or or information available that other people want you to listen to.
0: Yeah well it's interesting because you're a bit more educated than the average bear right so you would know but for those of us that don't grow up in that world necessarily it's interesting. How do you create a social media strategy for huge organisations and the many different products they offer and where do you even start?
1: So social media for a lot of businesses are very different. So sometimes what your executives might think is a really great social media strategy, versus what the reality of the channel is for your business are two very different things. So you need to start with what is your company strategy? You know, what are the goals of the organisation? Where is it going? A lot of people want things to go viral overnight and to have the most people on that channel and using it like this is the reality of what people think sometimes. But it's really important to look at what's the strategy of your organisation and what is best practice around the world and does that even matter to you? So do you even care what a really big person in the U.S. is doing as opposed to what's really important for your organization right now. Be data-driven. So actually use real statistics and facts behind it. So if you are wanting to set up an Instagram channel or a Facebook or a Twitter, is your customer base even there? Are they even using it? So it's all well and good if you want to have 2 million followers on Instagram. Um, But if you're working for a company that the audience is not there and it's not relevant to them, it's never going to succeed. So be data driven and help that inform the decisions that you're making. And then define the purpose of your channel. So if you're in a sales organisation where that's really important to you and there's a huge opportunity there and that's the purpose of your channel, it will be very different to a community that might be trying to sell the latest health craze and get people to go on sort of a health and well-being sort of trajectory. It might be very different. You might want to create a community on that channel as opposed to you sell five products and you want to use that predominantly as a sales channel. So understanding what the purpose of the channel is, is going to be really critical to the success of your strategy to make sure that it actually delivers.
0: I love that. And how do you measure the success of a social media campaign? Because I do hear different schools of thought. It isn't possible and it is possible. And you've already talked about data and insight. So how would you go about that? So, it depends on, you
1: know, what the metrics of success look like. So, off the back of what is your strategy, what are the goals that you're setting? Are they realistic? Is everybody aware of what they are in your company? And is your team aware of what that looks like? So, you know, when you look at campaigns of certain things, they have different objectives. So if you want to do a brand awareness campaign just to let people know that you've launched your brand, you just might want visibility of that particular campaign and you might want it to reach a certain amount of people. If it's a campaign to increase sales on a new product launch that you've done, that might be the measurement. There's a lot of vanity metrics out there. There's a lot of things where people say, and I got this many click throughs and, and I got all of these things and it was really great, but what does that actually end end up being as a measurement for you at the end of the day. And what's the return on your investment? So you can spend $20 million on social media advertising every year, but if it's not meeting the objectives that you set out to do, then it's not going to be successful. So doing a lot of testing and learning, especially if you're starting to use that channel and you're starting to explore, you know, what kind of results can you get? And then making sure that, you know, when you are doing those things that you're actually like revising them regularly and that you're changing based on what the results are that you're seeing as opposed to just trying to do the same thing because you think it's a great idea.
0: Mm. I think what I'm hearing you say is that you need to be clear about what the goals of the organisation are and then what the goals of the social media campaign is and then what the clarity around how you're going to measure it. Yes, that's exactly right. Awesome. You are now the Director of Platinum Care and Content at Optus. That's a big responsibility. How do you handle the pressure of such an important role?
1: I love what I do. So I'm very fortunate uh, to be in this position where I get to lead a team of amazing people. And a really big, important part of being a successful leader is really utilising the talent and the people in your team. So you're a team. You know, I get the great responsibility to lead the team, but there's a lot of talent in your team um, that you can utilise. So that's definitely one of the ways that I'm able to navigate through all of this additional responsibility that I now have. Learning really quickly um, and taking action is really important. So we don't always have sunshine and roses, Um, you know, in a lot of roles that we have as leaders, things are not always going to be a great day, but you're going to have some really great weeks and some great months and some days which, you know, just didn't go as you wanted them to go. Uh, So learning really quickly and taking the appropriate action to sort of get yourself back into, um, you know, how do I grow from this and what do I need to do differently to get myself out of feeling um, this way or or things being this way, investing in myself myself Is a really big one. So, in order for me to keep sort of you know growing um, as a leader and growing in my teams, continually investing in myself. So whether that's personally, professionally, whatever that may be, I'm continuing to learn and develop myself. Then enables me to help my team learn and develop as well.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And what I hear you say, although you didn't use these words, but what I hear you say is is it's about making decisions with the data that you have and just moving on from those decisions, but also bouncing back when You've had a bit of a crappy day.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, grit is a really important leadership trait. It's a really important um, characteristic that I look for in a lot of leaders. But having grit to be able to just build that level of resilience that you need, um, to be able to really just switch off from whatever's going on out there and switch on to where you need to focus and where you need to be present to make the right impact.
0: And how do you look for grit
1: yeah, that is, you know
0: what, I feel like that's the
1: million dollar interview question, isn't it? Um, I always say like, we have, they have to have grit, like make sure, how do you assess for that? How do you measure that? A lot of the time I actually use it I'm in a lot of interview questions where I'll ask people, you know, talk to me about a time where, you know, whatever you were working on or a project or an initiative, it just failed, it didn't work. What did you do? to come back from that and a lot of the time you'll be able to see their thought process behind one how they felt about that and how they still feel about it and what they actually did to come back from that and so you can often tell in the way that they answer those types of questions if they're wired or if they have the ability to you know have grit to get through a situation but it is a really important thing especially when you're dealing with people you know some days you've got to come in and you're a counsellor for half the day the other part of the day you're wearing a different hat where you're trying to lift the energy and then try and inspire and motivate people. You know. So there's a lot of different hats that you wear and grit is one of those skills that um, if you don't have it, it's going to be a really tough challenge on a personal level um, and then how that translates to your team will be even harder.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And managing people, were you born a leader? Is it something you learn? What do you think? Is it nature versus nurture?
1: I don't think you're born a leader So you learn different things, you know, from when you're born that probably go into your toolkit of leadership, whatever that might look like for you. Uh, So as you go through life and and from school through to your first job, through to your third or your fourth job, you're learning different skills and different things that go into your toolkit to enable you to either lead people or lead initiatives or programs or projects. A really interesting thing that I come across, especially with leading people, is there's lots of people that say, I want to manage people. I want to be a people leader. I want to manage a team. And they don't really know why. And there are different skills that you need to be able to manage people and there's a lot of investment and learning in yourself that you need to constantly do to ensure that you can actually lead people effectively. So what I mean by that is, you know, when you're looking at the leader that you think you are or the leader that you want to be, that might not necessarily be the best leader for the people that you're leading So you constantly have to look at what do my people need, where are they at, what kind of leader do I need to be for them right now versus the leader that I want to be. So it's an ever evolving and changing piece to leadership um, to enable your people to sort of be their best selves. So you learn a lot of skills over time and a big thing is really understanding, you know, what is driving you towards wanting to be a leader of people um, versus just leading different things.
0: Yeah, and I think Corporate Australia doesn't help this because I think if you want to go up the corporate ladder, normally it's managing people, it's leading a team, it's leading a department, et cetera, et cetera, versus some people are really great in a technical role, but you get them leading people and they're absolutely crap house. Yes. And, and those poor people that have to deal with that, but there's nowhere for them to get promoted to because the reward and recognition isn't on being a great technical expert about being in leadership.
1: Yeah, it's really actually an interesting point that you raise because um, even right now is looking at a lot of the industries that we're in and all the technology available in the world. There's so many different teams being set up to focus on the technical capability of our world now. So everyone's on digital, um, you know, everything that we're using these days requires a very different style of leadership to just leading people and inspiring and trying to motivate people to be their best and do the thing, as opposed to from a technical perspective, like they're very different type of people sometimes. So I feel like that is evolving, uh, but probably not to the degree that it needs to be, because you can see still be a great leader but it doesn't necessarily mean that you you know need to be a great people leader so it's trying to understand leadership in many different forms
0: yeah yeah that's true i can see that what about social media for yourself like how often are you on social media because it's consuming right and we can see that mental health has gone up because of social media going up and etc etc so how often are you on social media and what do you do to make sure that life is balanced
1: it's a very good topic of conversation and I definitely think for a lot of the younger generation where they're just growing up with that as part of a staple of their like daily diet, all their friends are on there. Uh, you've got people in primary school with smartphones now as opposed to, you know, 20, 30 years ago people were riding bikes outside in the street. They didn't have any of this digital information. It is a bit of um, sometimes a bit of a scary place to see what's really readily available out there um, online and that, that a lot of people are digesting that information. And there is a lot of the highlight reel You know, this is everyone's highlight reel. This is my best life. This is all of the things that I'm doing, but, you know, they're not showing what's really going on behind the scenes. Um, And it's setting false expectations of what reality is. Because I guess I'm aware of that from a personal perspective, um, and I've seen things evolve over time, I make those conscious decisions where I'm using it very purposefully and intentfully. So I actually use it more for things to inspire and motivate me. So, I don't follow certain things that are not actually going to serve me or add value to sort of where I want to be and what I want to do. But having that conscious decision where a lot of people probably haven't arrived at that destination yet. But I use it more as a consumer and more than from a personal perspective. So I connect with my family, my friends, people in, you know, different mediums outside of that to create sort of that connection and try and have that human sort of element towards it. You know, a lot of people are using text messages these days as opposed to picking up the phone. It's really quick. It's easy. Like those things are happening. I'm guilty of having a smartwatch myself. Uh, So it's making those conscious decisions to actually understand like what you're going to use it for. And making sure that you put sort of those, you know, things in place for yourself to make sure that you're getting value out of it. So I use it a lot for things like inspiration, podcasts, um, searching for things on how to do certain things. So if I need to find out how to put something together, I might use YouTube, you know, like I, I use it for different things as opposed to just living there and not having meaning and connection to sort of what I need it for. But, you know, my advice would be to really think about, you know, what you actually like, how does it it make you feel when you use it? So if you're on Instagram scrolling all day, how does it make you feel when you're consuming all of these things that actually might not be serving you in the right way? Um, and how can you use it to actually add value and motivate and inspire you for the things that, you know, it might be meaningful
0: for? It's really interesting because I would imagine that it will be fairly easy in your role to become addicted to social media. So the fact that you've kind of using it in a mindful way and really with great intention makes quite the difference I expect so it's really good to hear that. Speaking of where do you see yourself where do you see yourself in the next 10 to 15 years?
1: Yeah where do I see myself? I definitely think I'll still be in some type of transformational leadership role Um, Leading people. So I really, really love leading people and seeing people grow. So I often say to my team, Your success is my success. So if they're growing um, and reaching their goals and their fullest potential, um, that's really rewarding to me and something that really gets me out of bed every day. But definitely in a transformational um, leadership type role, which could look many different ways, whether that's in digital, technology, communications, operations, whatever that might be, um, you know, that's where I see myself. I actually really enjoy challenging things and fixing things and transforming not only the business side of things, but also people and their mindset and their capability as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I love the fact that you're in this role where social media could take over your life but you're not allowing it to but you've also got the people element so thank you so much for sharing with us it's been awesome having you here thanks for having me that's nadia hudson what an inspiration an example of how staying focused will work wonders for your career That's it for this episode of Tea with the Queen. If you love this episode, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And you're very welcome to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us with promoting the podcast for others to listen to inspirational topics on leadership and business. If you want to contact me directly, all the details are at my website, emmamcqueen.com.au. It's also where you can find my new book, Go-Getter, in which I share practical tips to take control of your life. Speak to you soon.